An idea has just been born. No one has seen it yet. It's tiny, but with the potential to change everything. Every new idea is precious in this way, sometimes fragile or half-baked. Its worth might not be immediately obvious. To survive, we must protect their little sparks. There it goes. Good luck, little guy. So many ideas like this are never realized. They could have been so much more than a line in an email or a mumble on a video call. When ideas are explored on Miro, the visual collaboration whiteboard, they're seen by the whole team in real time. Thoughts come to life and grow through team collaboration. Miro is a space where all ideas are taken seriously, and seriously good ideas come together in unexpected ways. Join over 30 million people collaborating at Miro.com. M-I-R-O.com. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is pro basketball player Jeff Adrian. Jeff, how's it going? Good, man. Just chilling up in uh, Naira, Israel. Uh, grinding out every day, you know. Yeah. How are you? Good, good, good. Appreciate you coming on. No doubt. Anytime. So let's go uh, back in time. How did you first get involved in basketball? My fifth grade teacher signed me up for recreation basketball in Brookline. And I've been playing pretty much organized basketball ever since then. You just fell in love with it? Pretty much, yeah. Did you play any other sports growing up? Yeah, I played football, basketball, and baseball. A little bit of soccer. All right. What about what about in high, like which sports did you play in high school? High school, my freshman year, I played all three sports. I stopped playing football. My um, sophomore year, I played baseball and basketball. My junior year, I stopped playing baseball and I just played basketball. And then my senior year, I, I came back and I played football and, and basketball. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and I always ask people this, like, because everyone has a different story. What, what was your recruiting process like? I know you went to a year of prep school too. It was cool. It was exciting, actually. I remember getting letters. And mm-hmm. um, at first, it was like the letters was amazing to me. I thought it was one of the greatest things ever. And then as soon as I started going to these bigger tournaments, these, like being on the Nike circuit and uh, seeing these coaches firsthand and then actually getting the word of mouth, like word from like my AAU coach that this school has interest in, that has interest in me and stuff like that, it became more like the letters were great, but like these verbal, mm-hmm. you know, these verbal words and these verbal talks with like my, you know, I knew my, um, my AAU coach wouldn't steer me wrong or anything like that. That was that was it right there. That that opened my mind up to you know believing that I could play high division one basketball. Yeah, do you remember what your like first letter or your first offer was? Um, I don't remember exactly. It could have been from maybe UNH University mm-hmm. New uh, New Hampshire. Yeah. There's a few New England New England schools. I remember uh, going to Providence basketball games, Providence college basketball games, then getting letters. Yeah. I was getting. I didn't. I didn't really get like letters, like saying, "Hey, we want to recruit." I was already talking to the coach, and I already knew yeah. like they wanted me. So, like the letters I would get was like more like, "Hey, it was nice talking to you the other day." Such and such. We have, you know, we're, uh, we're we we want you here. Um, you know, such and such like that. They'll probably send me some stats. 
before I got like before I got like letters of like of like you know like handwritten letters I was just getting mm. like um school information on the school and stuff like that so at, at first it was probably just like the basic like hey we have interest in you and they probably send that to like a lot of kids and stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'll get like uh their information on who they play like I remember UNH played like Florida that year and I just seen that stat and it was just trying to get me to you know obviously have some interest in them and say like hey we do play high you know high schools but I already knew in my mind that I wanted to play high schools every game you know? yeah. so um I just, you know, I just believed and eventually, like, I never got a letter. I don't think I got a letter from UConn. I remember Coach Calhoun was there and he was like, hey, we're going to offer you pretty much right there and then. Like, and, I was, and that was it. Then, like, UCLA and all these other schools came. It was never like, hey, we're going to offer you. It was never a letter yeah, saying, yeah. like, hey, we're offering you. It was more verbal and, gotcha. and all that. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm assuming it was way different back then. That was probably, what was that, like, in 2005-ish? 2005-2004-2005-2004-2005-2004-2005-2004-2005-2004-2005-2004-2005-2004-2005-2004-2005-2004-2005-2004-2005-2004-2005-2004-2005-2004-2005-2004-2005-2004-2005-2004-2005-2
Like, you know, I was I was amazed by them, like just by just their club, their life, their culture and everything. And like they they impressed me. It was a good visit. But I knew like if I went to such and such school, I know it would be even better of experience and it would be a lot closer to home. Yeah. And and UConn was just pretty much everything. It was like almost all those schools in one. So yeah, it made it made it easier. Obviously it was UConn, but yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I'm sure your family got to go to your games and stuff, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what, did, what did it mean to you to become uh, named captain of the team's uh, senior year? Yeah, it was cool. I mean, uh, it wasn't it was, like, you know, going into UConn, I never really thought about it. I just thought about playing. Yeah. But since I was really one of the youngest players and then all of a sudden I became one of the oldest players, like within a year, yeah. I really took notes. I really learned how to become a leader, how to become a, a you know, a, a good student athlete, um, how to get stuff done at a high level, um, playing basketball and being a student. And from then on, I pretty much had to, you know, lead by example. Not every day, you know, not every day was, you know, the way you wanted to go, but mm-hmm. you still find ways to get stuff done and, and to pass it along. And, um, so pretty much from sophomore year to senior year, I had to, you know, reinvent certain things and and um, and, and still remember things that the past had taught me. So, like, you know, it was great. It was, it was a great experience. Uh, mm-hmm. On and off the court, being a captain was a great experience. And especially on the court, like, that was where, you know, natural abilities, natural stuff came to effect. Mm-hmm. You know, just, uh, you know, being leading by example in the weight room. If we had to do sprints, you know, just being out there and uh, with the guys and, you know, running with them, trying to finish first or whatever, pushing guys, you know, whatever it is, whatever the case was, you know, I, like, you know, I, I found a way to get it done and, and to help others. Yeah. I think that's what, uh, you know, I've learned. That's what I learned from the past guys before me. And, mm-hmm. and I was glad to, you know, pass it along. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was looking at the rosters and, it was like your your freshman year, like I think it was like mostly like a lot of juniors and seniors, and like you know that left for the NBA and stuff. And then I think I think your, I want to say your sophomore and junior year, you guys had no seniors. We had no seniors, right? Yeah. We didn't have a senior. There was some older guys. There was yeah. uh, the walk-ons. Yeah, I can't say I did it all by myself, but there yeah, was yeah. still walk-ons. You know, there was uh, Craig Austry still there. There was Marcus Johnson. You know, there were still guys that 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 helped that we all grew together mm-hmm. and helped grow. You know, other guys that came on after us. Gotcha. And then going into like the NBA draft, uh, two thousand nine. What were your expectations and uh, like what kind of um, training did you go through? Well, okay, I went to. My expectation was obviously to get drafted. That's that's yeah. all our expectations was at UConn. It was mm-hmm. basically, you know, you're a student athlete. You know, you play basketball. You know, you do well in school and hopefully go play professional basketball at the highest level or, you know, overseas like I'm doing now, which is nothing wrong with that. So at the time, probably thinking, like, you know, I want to get drafted. Probably doesn't matter where. I probably felt like I earned to get drafted, but uh, but but you know, sitting back now, it's not always about what you feel or, or what you thought you earned. Mm-hmm. It's really, I guess, the way the ball bounced, you know. So um, I look back at it. My senior year, after the Final Four, uh, I went to train. Actually, 
um, out west with a couple other college guys. And, um, you know, my, my, um, draft, my draft workouts, all that started. And, um, it was different because, um, the game was different. You know, it wasn't college basketball. There's a lane, there's three seconds, there's all these things you got to learn. You know, me being on this size, I had to understand the game even more where like, where I had to find my spots and learn my spots and, and had to develop, you know, a certain, uh, more of a, uh, a game. I had to develop a game besides mm-hmm. just trying to bully people or whatever I was doing in college. Right. You know, it wasn't all about that. So um, I went out there and I trained with guys, did some uh, sand workouts, sand dune workouts, individual basketball skill work. Then I went to uh, all these uh, um, workouts. I went to a lot of workouts. I didn't go to, um, forget that camp in, uh, in, in Virginia, mm-hmm. but I didn't go to that. I went to the combine. I got invited to the combine. Did the drive, did all those tests. You know, I had pretty good workouts, mm-hmm. but, you know, obviously, you know, like I like I, you know, the ball didn't bounce the way it bounced that day. Mm-hmm. Everything happens for a reason. I still found a way to make it. Yeah. And, um, sure. yeah. Yeah, so did that, being undrafted, did that, did that fuel your fire? That, uh, yeah, definitely. At the time, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I, it, it had to because me growing up watching – pretty much NBA basketball like every every night Celtics especially um, with Ray Allen being on the team and just before that like watching the Bulls growing up and mm-hmm. the Lakers and all you know just all these teams like just you know just watching basketball it's just obviously the thing to do if you if you play basketball and like Europe style of play was not on TV as much yeah. you know so it wasn't too intriguing to me I, it never was not like you know in my like picture you know what i mean it's not like something like i like i didn't want to do obviously i did it um right at the college and even that helped me learn to help me make it to the nba help me make the um golden state warriors so all that stuff was all like you know learn like learning and, and learning the game was all a process and it all to me it, it, i benefited from it i definitely um mm-hmm. learned from every second I grew, I became better. I started understanding my skill. And like I said, it helped me make it to the highest level of basketball. Yeah, definitely. So your first your first season, you went over to Spain. Um, so what, what was that like, just going overseas? Well, that was different. That's when yeah. I, like, that's the first time me leaving the country yeah. like by myself, not as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> right. This yeah. is, like, this is totally different. I'm going to Spain. Um, like it's like I'm I'm away from my mom now. I'm more than an hour and a half away from my mom. Yeah. You know, that was just a completely different thing. Something I'm like, you know, I knew some teams had like advised me. Like like I can remember like the Spurs and <laughs> the Celtics. Spurs would say, "Hey, you know, get a passport." Celtics was like, "Hey, we would draft you, but we're gonna keep you overseas." So yeah. there were certain things that, like, there was there was hints, there was um, there was definitely people looking out and pretty much letting me know, like, "Hey, get ready, like it's never over, you know, yeah. but get ready to go play basketball somewhere else." And um, that's what happened. So reality, I had to face reality. I went over there and um, I played pretty well. Like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like college. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first got out there, I felt like. Like it was simple, like it, it could have been close to college, but it wasn't. It was totally different. The lane was a trapezoid lane, I think, at the time. 
or it was it, either either way, it was a trapezoid lane or it was a wider lane. So that my post up game was a little different. I had to adjust to that. Mm-hmm. I had to adjust to the travel, um, slowing down my first step a little bit just to you know not travel. All that stuff was a was a learned experience, and at the same time, I was playing for money. So, yeah. like, um, it was my first time doing all that. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. We had a pretty good year. We went to the playoffs, but I knew during the time like I wanted to be back home. Like, yeah. I was still staying up, watching NBA games and and all that. And I knew like the next season, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna stay over there. You know, if I had to go to the D League, I'm gonna do that. And, you know. That's what pretty much happened. I yeah. made it. I got cut. I went to the D League and I made it again. And um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So going yeah. So going into that year, what, what was the what was your first NBA game like? I know you signed with the Warriors. First NBA game we played. We played the Lakers, and I want to say it was on Halloween or yeah, I think it was. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it was on Halloween. I wore orange sneakers. <laughs> um, you know. Um, Oh, were they still wearing the? Yeah, they were. You you had the, yeah, the old jerseys on the navy ones, right? No, I still we they still they still have the blue, uh, blue kind of like the kind they kind of switched it up this year, but it was still like that. I used to, I oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the royal that. blue, the the royal blue yeah, with the yellow and stuff like that, the bridge and all that. So it was it was a Halloween game. It was on the road, you know. It was no 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 no. Actually, my first game was against Houston. Actually, that was my first road game. My bad. First road game, they introduced me. They did all that. Like, you know, I came down from the bleachers. I had no idea I was going to play. Coach coach called my number. Coach Smart called me, and I played that game, and I was real nervous. I remember <laughs> I was nervous. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I don't think I played bad. I don't think I did anything. I don't think I did anything special that night, but most likely I probably, you know, made a presence. I probably did something, you know, mm-hmm. um, to obviously the to stay around for a little bit, and eventually I stayed for a little bit for that um, during that time. Due to injury, I think that's the reason why I got cut the first time mm-hmm. um, from from uh, Golden State. I don't, if that didn't happen, I don't think I think I was still would have been there probably the whole entire year. But um, you know things happen. Yeah. But um, yeah, I remember playing Houston. Eventually, then Houston was the next team I played for. So yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's pretty cool. ironic, huh? And then yeah, then the following year there there was a lockout, so you went you went to Italy and then you came back and then you were on the Rockets. So right. that, that must have been another crazy year because you were back and forth uninten- yeah, that was, unintentionally. That definitely was that definitely was, but I I definitely had you know good guys around. Yeah. I had a, a a good vet in Brian Scalabrini out there in Italy playing with us, playing with me, Etoine Moore that's still in the league, mm-hmm. Alex Gentile that that made a run. That's you know he's pretty popular in Europe. And uh, Monte Yunus that ended up playing in Houston too, um, so I was still you know young at the time, mm-hmm. and um, Brian was there and he would you know keep me you know level headed because well obviously there was no NBA at the time mm-hmm. but I knew the game was totally different and he knew the game was totally different so mm-hmm. the coach the coach you know was a little different he was he was real tough Georgievich which you know now I look back at it I was like wow he was he's a great coach now I look back his success. From then until now, has been you know very good, like top in Europe. I mean, you know, I'm very lucky. I got co- I coached. I got I got to be coached by him, mm-hmm. and um, he definitely you know he pushed us. He pushed us. We it was a good team. We we definitely had to um, you know 
be pushed. We was young. We was good. We had talent. He definitely, you know, we wasn't there too long, but there was a point where, close to where the 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 the, the, the lockout ended, we started putting a lot of things together, and it was kind of too late. And I was like the last one to be, like you know, to go back. Mm-hmm. Like each one went back. Brian went back, and then I went back, back to the league to the NBA while. While Gal, Gal McHale, he, he ended up playing for Dallas eventually. While they stayed and, you know, had to, you know, play basketball without us, without, you know, mm. guys that's playing at the highest level. Gentile eventually went to Milan. And so the team was definitely, you know, different. It was a whole different team. But you could tell that um, we had talent. Like all those guys, like five guys, five or six guys from that team played NBA basketball, so. Yeah, yeah. That was definitely a great experience. Then I went to Houston, mm-hmm. and um, that was a, that was an experience of its own. The whole style, the whole mm-hmm. everything of of it was you know a learning experience of it. Uh, it was a learning. It was a great learning experience. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the nature of the game. So you know, I got cut again, and, yeah. and you know, I wasn't. I didn't think I, I should have got cut, but you know, it is what it is. And I went back to I went back overseas to Europe. I went to Kimki and played basketball again. Went to the finals. Went to the Russian the Russian League finals. We lost to Cheska. That was it. And there was a few years after that, I went back to the NBA and I stayed for a little bit longer. And yeah. I don't think I got cut or anything. You were with and, the Bobcats, you know, right? Right, so with the Bobcats. What, what was and, that? What um, was that like playing with Kemba again? It was cool, man. It was it was definitely uh, great, you know. Like playing with him, knowing his work ethic, knowing my work ethic, and and helping him obviously because I've obviously was in the league before, mm-hmm. helping him you know grow and become you know a player that he needs to be, and now who he is now, definitely you know, you know I enjoyed all that. I enjoyed you know being mm-hmm. around all the the younger guys at the time, and um, you know doing things that we weren't supposed to be doing. Like we be we went into Chicago and. Uh, in, in New in, in New Year's and, and and we won a road game after losing like 17 straight. Mm-hmm. That was my first year in the Bobcats. Like that was great. That was fun right there. We had a lot of fun time. We you know obviously wasn't gonna make the playoffs, but we knew that like you know at any given day if we came together we could really you know make some noise and beat a team and beat decent teams, beat very good teams I should say. Yeah. But at the time the Bulls was probably number one seed in the in the East or so close to it. And we beat them at their crib, and you know, that was real memorable. My 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 first year, and um, with the Bobcats. Gotcha, gotcha. And, yeah, and then, yeah. And then you went on. You got you actually got traded the following year from the Bobcats. So what was that like getting traded? That was different because now we're that we're the team that's like we're like sixth or seventh AC now, yeah, yeah. and I'm part of a team that like I know my role now. I know when certain players go down or whatever get hurt. I know I'm gonna be ready, and the coach is gonna play me this amount of minutes, and I already know what to expect. So now I feel, you know, I feel better about myself. I feel more confident. I know I'm gonna fill in the role, and uh, we're gonna win. A lot of the times, we won a lot of games. You know, I got traded. They kept playing well. They made the playoffs, so I felt like I still made the playoffs. But at the same time, like I know that, like I got a chance to expand my game. I got a chance to show my game where. I wasn't playing, like, you know, just 15 minutes. Now I'm playing, like, you know, 20, 
25, you know, 15, 20, 25. Obviously, I earned the minutes to finish out the year to play 30 games with the Bucks, mm-hmm. and actually play pretty much all 30 games and play well and, you know, do things that I'm sure nobody ever expected to me to do mm-hmm. was great. Like, you know, even though I got traded from uh, from Charlotte and everything, they, they went on, had, they went on, went to the playoffs. I went on and played great basketball, probably probably the best basketball I ever played in my life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, at that time, like, both teams, for me, I should say both parties won. Like, I didn't end up signing with the Bucks, but, you know, I helped Giannis grow. I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. now he's obviously MVP. So I play, I'm playing with Giannis. I helped Chris grow, Brandon Knight. You know, those guys, like, you know, those 30 games, like, we built something. And I helped build something. And now you, you're watching it now. You're watching Ilya Sova play basketball with them. There's still a lot of those guys on the team. And, you know, you see how great they are now. And I felt like I, I was a part of that also. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, then your following year, you you play for the Timberwolves, and I know uh, Kevin Garnett was on there. So, what was that like? Well, KG came on after I left. I got cut. Oh, um, oh dang. But um, but me watching KG like throughout like hey, my high school career. I mean, excuse me, my college career, and and a little bit obviously in my um, professional career. Like he always motivated me, even though like I've never I've really I played against him. Mm-hmm. I never I met him maybe once, but just his intensity, his his desire of playing like defense, him him wanting to be like the anchor. He he didn't think about scoring like that. He knew his role. He knew what it took to be great and help the Celtics win a championship. Mm-hmm. And I always admired that. I always you know enjoyed watching him do that, be a defensive anchor for the Celtics at the time, and um, you know, I felt like I carried that like, with me without him even knowing it I felt like I was just maybe, you know, you could call me a smaller KG, not as tall as him <laughs> not as big as him, but his intensity defensively like his talk, his 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 communication on the court, his leadership. Yeah. I took a lot of notes. Like I took a lot of notes, and also had Ray Allen that would come in and like you know at, at UConn, mm-hmm. and you know tell us like how vocal KG is and such and such. And he would he would also he would pass it to Hashim and also pass it to me, obviously. And you know like I I took notes. I I paid attention to that when he was talking when he would talk to us about stuff stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um. So yeah, I didn't play with KG. I played against him. Did he, did he talk trash to you? Nah, nah. <laughs> I think I think because I don't. Yeah, he didn't talk trash to me. I don't know why. It doesn't you know? It's like I guess it is what it is. You know, yeah. but no, it wasn't. It wasn't like that with me and KG. <laughs> <laughs> and then I know the last three years you've been killing it over in Israel. You've been all star three years in a row. So what, what's happened? What's it been like in Israel? Well, like the first two years has been. Um, I should say the first year was, you know, was great. You know, we did a lot of things, uh, a lot of great things, got a lot of wins, got a lot of uh, European wins, uh, made all-star, you know. We was winning, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, the next year was more like, it was more, we didn't win as much, but personally, like, I, I played great basketball again. I scored at, you know, I scored at a pretty great rate. Uh, rebound at a pretty good uh, rate, you know. I defended, did all that at a pretty good rate. We it just didn't translate to to winning, 
Yeah. And and then the last year, like you know, I, I know you mentioned you know All Star three years in a, in, in a in a row. It's the last year. It was cool. It's cool always to be an All Star, but it's also better to win. Like yeah. I know I probably would have felt better to to win and be an All Star. Like you yeah. know, like it just it just feels better. Like my second year, I know there was the effort. Like I got, I, I ended up getting Player of the Month. So I, that's why, like my second, my my second year wasn't like. It's like you know, I still hold my, I still think I deserve to be an All Star. I'm not saying last year I didn't deserve to be one, but like we didn't win like we should have. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not the same like my first or second year. It's it's, it's been cool. Like I'm playing basketball, you know, you know I'm playing. <laughs> like that's all I really wanted to do is play basketball at a professional high level, yeah. um, compete. Um, yeah, like, gotcha. Right, I got a few more, and then I'll let you go. Um, what, what advice would you give a young basketball player trying to get a D one scholarship or trying to go pro? Um, <laughs> D one scholarship, trying to go pro out of high school, trying to go pro. Uh, no, I mean, like you know, or, or getting a trying to get a D one scholarship, or like a player like going from college to pro. I would tell them. I would tell them to. Um, like my college coach used to tell me to get my work done early. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, if you put in the work, if you if you do what you need to do, everything else is out your hands. You know, you can't really worry about what you can't control. So, if you know you put in the work, if you know you ran that extra mile, you've already did it. You did it early. You got up early, and you you got your extra shots. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to panic about. There's a lot of things that certain players, well, majority of a lot of players don't, can't control. And, um, you know, at a young age, nobody was really there to, to, like, you know, let me know, like, the politics of the game. So now I know, like, a little bit more of it. Mm-hmm. But for guys that's coming into the game, I would, I would tell them not to worry, not to think too deeply about, um, you know, am I going to get this scholarship or... Or am I gonna get drafted? Or or am I gonna get this? Or am I, or am I gonna sign this contract overseas? Mm-hmm. All that stuff's out out of your hands. You know, if you know you put in the work and you put you put the time in, you have nothing to worry about because somebody's always watching. You know, especially now with social media. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So last ones. I got some fun ones. They're gonna go from average to savage. You ready? Average to savage. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what's your what's your what's your favorite song right now? Average to Savage, my favorite song right now. <laughs> Let me see what I'm listening to one quick one second. My phone's actually my phone's real low. Um, I got a few songs. Man. The West, King Combs. I listen to that. You know, real real laid back mellow jam right now. Um, That's, what do you listen to like before the game? Sometimes I don't listen. Some days it, it varies. Some days, some days it varies. I don't I'm always listen to music every time. Right. Uh, uh, crazy story, King Vaughn. You know. All right, I gotta check these out. <laughs> now, what, what about why? Why do you wear number four? Number four. There's a few reasons. I'm gonna give you a couple. I remember growing up. Growing up, um, my high school number is really thirty-one. And um, you could almost say it's retired. It's, mm-hmm. it's 
really like you know real special times. Um, you know, I did what I I did a lot of special things with that number. So I you know it's kind of hard to repeat it. But um, so I kind of haven't worn it since. But I knew four would be something I would like. And I think I'm still finding out the meanings of why I like four still to this day. And I think one of the reasons why I remember watching um, Chris Porter and Kenya Martin back in the day, and they both won number four in uh, college basketball. And um, you know, I like I like the way the number looked. You know, the the whole you know, just everything about it, just mm-hmm. single digit number. If it, it, it was sleek, it was nice, and to me, it fit me. And um, so those those two reasons right there. I remember um, the challenge when I got to UConn, when Coach Moore told me, when I told him I wanted to wear four, he told me, you know who wore this number? I was like, yeah, Ben Gordon. He's like, you know, that's big shoes to fill. To me, that was a challenge right there. Yeah. He challenged me. He challenged me there, you know, to obviously keep the number going, keep it, you know, doing what it's supposed to be doing, like like BG did uh, right before I got there. Mm. Right before, um, right before me. So that was another challenge. And then through life, there was just all these other meanings, more meanings that has kept coming to me to why, you know, I chose a number. And I think to this day, I'm still finding out more meanings, more reasons why, yeah. you know, I like four. Yeah, it's and, but, That's crazy. Yeah. Gotcha. And then, what, last one. What do you like to do when you're not playing basketball? What do you like to do in your free time? Uh, I, I, I brainstorm a lot. I think. I, well, I know I brainstorm a lot. I like to come up with new ideas. I chill. I shop online a little bit. Um, you play any video uh, games? Play video games. Yeah, yeah play video games. Um, play Madden, Two K, Spider Man. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I do. I do a little bit of everything. You know, yeah. sometimes I go to Top Golf, swing in the twins, work on my golf game. You know, yeah. I don't think I'm there yet. I think I'm still young. I don't <laughs> think I need to play golf yet. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, just you know, this not too, not too thing, not too things out of the ordinary. You know, yeah, not yeah, nothing yeah. like you know outlandish or anything like that. Just yeah. you know, I probably brainstorm a lot. Gotcha. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, could you let the people know where they can follow you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me at um, the re- the underscore reason with the four H E underscore R E the number four S zero N. And you can follow me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Again, appreciate you coming on. I right, no doubt. I appreciate you, Paul. An idea has just been born. No one has seen it yet. It's tiny, but with the potential to change everything. Every new idea is precious in this way, sometimes fragile or half-baked. Its worth might not be immediately obvious. To survive, we must protect their little sparks. There it goes. Good luck, little guy. So many ideas like this are never realized. They could have been so much more than a line in an email or a mumble on a video call. When ideas are explored on Miro, the visual collaboration whiteboard, they're seen by the whole team in real time. Thoughts come to life and grow through team collaboration. Miro is a space where all ideas are taken seriously 
and seriously good ideas come together in unexpected ways. Join over 30 million people collaborating at Miro.com. M-I-R-O.com.